Hello, what is going on? I am your host this week, Headphone Joe. I'm here with my co-host. This is Kyle. And? And? I was going to say it. And? Yumio. And this is the show where we review, rank, and dig into soundtracks or musicals. Uh, our favorite and your favorite. In this episode, we're actually going to be coming covering just a musical soundtrack. Um, co-written and co-produced by Mike Ryan, who has the pleasure of being with us here today. Michael Ryan, how's it going? Hey, guys. Thank you so much for, for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to promote awareness for this project. Mm. All right. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Oh, it's, so it's honestly like it's it's my esteemed pleasure. I see what it is that you guys do, and mm. I uh, I need to find a way to reach this community in the worst possible way because what we did was a very insular project, and I've really struggled to get it on the radar of uh, the musical theater community uh, and people that dig musicals. So I am really really eager uh, to be doing this, and I'm really thrilled that you messaged me. No, oh, no. So happy you uh, accepted the message and reached out. Uh, so many times I've reached out to Lin Manuel and he just hasn't gotten back to me. So thank you for making the time. I, I think you have a busier schedule with a daily podcast. Could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I oh, look. I'd I'd compare it and I'd feel pretty good about my hand. Um, and that's just not just across like uh, how busy we are, but also when it comes to musical talent too. I feel like I'm right there. I mean, uh, I, mean I have the the bona fides to prove it. Neck and neck, uh, honestly. In fact, like I did, I did dethrone Encanto on on iTunes. So I that's feel like, true. Uh, you, you can did. say our 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 name in the same breath. Uh, I did see that uh, that article. Circles. Yeah, that you yeah. were number one on iTunes when it came out, uh, overtaking Encanto. So very smart of us to release on a Thursday prior to big release day on Friday. So we exactly. avoided all the big competition. We got to you know freeze the screen. Uh, the, you know the screen cap lasts forever. That's yes. what they say. Speaks. So, thousand words yeah but i <laughs> like i said i'm very grateful here um because this is a quirky odd little project that's a bit of an underdog story and um it's a very grassroots for your consideration campaign that we are doing right now this is the plan that me on this podcast that's that's the set <laughs> plan so well, i mean i i couldn't think of a better way to promote it than coming on who does a podcast how's it going so far did we uh, fantastic well. have we been nominated <laughs> I've, at the end of this, I get nominated, right? Yeah, so that's how it works. Kyle, cool. I believe you had a couple questions that you well, wanted to ask. Sure. Well, I don't know if you mentioned this yeah, is the big the game. Well. The big game, an original musical event. So this is more of an album. We've been covering movies, but this is uh, basically just a musical album. And I really wanted to know, like, what's Mike? What's your background with musicals? Like, what really inspired you to write a football musical? Uh, I'm. Uh, a big fan of the genre, uh, but not a, a huge like obsessive compulsive fan. I like. Uh, I think uh, my biggest influences in in that world they're probably Matt Stone and Trey Parker, and I think uh, you can mm. see their their comedic influence in pretty much everything that I've done with a Levitard show. If you listen to the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz, where this project was born from for the uninitiated, it's a sports podcast or allegedly a sports podcast. Doesn't do much in the way of. 
uh, of sports. <laughs> and um, recently we went out on our own. We used to work for ESPN. And the good thing about working for ESPN was there were plenty of people there that would say no to really harebrained <laughs> ideas and schemes. Mm. But when we broke out on our own, there was no one really there to tell me no. <laughs> when I threw in, in the slack, hey, we should break down the Super Bowl, but entirely as a musical. No one really said no, and they said, yeah, let's let's go for it. So I had to figure out how to do that. And um, luckily, there was a, a really brilliant, uh, brilliantly talented musical mind uh, in, the, in the form of J.T. Daly, who mm. is a legit, uh, legitimate uh, singer-songwriter with big-time production chops, works with tremendously gifted artists, and he just so happened to be a fan of the show. And right time that uh, we were talking, and I was like, hey, I want to talk to you about this crazy idea that I have for a musical. And he should have said no. And he, <laughs> he, he didn't. He was way too busy. He's, like a, he's a true success. But he wanted to do something exciting that uh, made absolutely no sense whatsoever and was ultimately a bad decision for his career. So he, he naturally said yes. <laughs> Uh, to what it is that we're doing, and then we embarked on a uh, on a month long journey. Uh, we we worked on this project for 28 days, um, but really it was actively produced, and the majority of the songs were written over the course of a 12 day recording session. In fact, many like we had maybe two songs when JT came to Miami, or at least the loose concept of two songs, right. and we had to make an entire album, and we we totally created all the melodies and the original instrumentation and all the lyrics over the course of 12 days in Miami. Wow. Cause that wow. was going to be my next question. Cause this is covering the lead up to and super bowl 56, which is February 13th of this year. This album dropped March 10th. So that's less than a month after the super bowl, this whole album comes out. So you only had like a couple ideas like before the super bowl. And like, I guess you really wrote the rest of it after it happened. Is that how that worked? Yeah. Yeah, well, it quickly came to my attention that um, writing um, original uh, pieces of music in seven hours after the Super Bowl um, <laughs> was probably a really bad idea. So I probably had to make it a little bit more macro, um, right? which is why it's about the NFL season. But yeah, the last uh, song on the album, mm. The Big Game Reprise, ties in all the themes from all the genres because we went... We were crazy. It would have been a lot easier if we just stuck to one genre, but I'm, I was a, I wanted to pay homage to all the genres. Right. So it ties in all those things, and it talks about what happened in the game. I can't talk about what happened in the game until the game has been played. <laughs> until the game happens. Yeah, yeah. so that, that song, that was all like, okay, this is the concept. If this happens, like, what do we do with it? And that... Uh, we'll get into like the track by track diagnosis, but it's a it's a good example of yeah we were all flying by the seat of our pants and working ourselves way too hard, um, and it was an insane project with incredibly difficult deadlines to meet, and right. yet and yet we did it we we somehow did it and I think um, number one it's I'm proud of it because because it's good but once people realize the story that it was made in 12 days. I've talked to people within the industry. Musicals take sometimes years to yeah. put together, to put exactly. together this uh, this many original tracks, and we did it over the course of 12 days while we were all still very much doing our day jobs. Keep in mind, we were writing this around the busiest time for a sports podcast, which was a Super Bowl. We had to actually exactly do our show. So people were, would be running into 
the makeshift production studio, recording studio that we made for this in between segments on um, the the Dan Lebetard show. We were spinning a lot of plates. It was um, it, it's easy to get addicted to creating content like that because it's just like a furnace blast of creativity, but it is also incredibly draining, and I don't know how we did it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> question. Do you have any hopes of making maybe another musical? Oh. Uh, so it's tough because this went really well and yeah. naturally the, the, the first question that was like, Hey, that's great. When are you going to make another one? And kind of like the Joker, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like the Joker and the dark Knight. It's like, I'm just chasing cars. I don't know what to do with one. If I caught one, <laughs> I'm, there's some other projects that are also off the wall bonkers that we have no business doing right now that are presently tickling my fancy mm-hmm. and, I'm kind of intimidated because it's going to be held in direct comparison. I think right now our creative focus is on making this project as big as possible, and that's dipping our toes more into the visual realm as a means Mm -hmm. to support this because it is officially eligible for Grammy consideration in the musical theater category. And we're really hoping to draw attention to that because it's a very insular project, as I mentioned. And the more people that are made aware about this project and the insane story regarding its recording, the more people might actually give it a listen and be like, hey, this is actually really good. It's not tied down to one genre. And the way that they did it was just bonkers. And maybe following a year in which a TikTok musical won the award, maybe, (laughs) just maybe, we have an outside shot of getting some award recognition and that would also help elevate the the project and in turn have more people experience the the wacky piece of art that we created, which is what any artist wants. They just want people to experience it. Nice. Well, I, I, hope, I hope we are the first step of many to help yes. getting this recognized. Yeah, I do. You are an earnest step. I've done like uh, three interviews today. You've been stacked in that. And we we realize that we actually have to be about this life. I don't have this massive budget. It's apparently a booming business uh, (laughs) trying to campaign and and, and buy awards. And and I was going to say, I mean, I've heard you uh, asking for ways to campaign. Shouldn't Miller like like step up and get you some billboards across L.A.? Like you give them Mm -hmm. a prominent shout out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, part of their maybe during their TV ads during a certain time of year would be great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> certain time, certain time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they but, could play uh, music, uh, music from the show in the background. Uh, I mean, there's one song like that. That playoff song, I think, uh, has a, a bit of an evergreen hook at the very least. But um, it's tough too because now it, it looked at last season's NFL season. Tom Brady had since unretired. Yeah. <laughs> so there's funny. Yeah, that, that, that is a reference to that. So it's very much like a, a timepiece. It's a, it's frozen in a time capsule. But if when you really think about it, most musicals are. I mean, True. no one for sure. No one's looking around saying, "Well, Hamilton died 150 years ago." <laughs> like, no, they they transport to the time. I'm asking exactly. people to transport to uh, Omicron variant running wild and uh, us trying to figure out if it, it was still okay to put stadiums full of people. And it was the first kind of normal feeling. I use that air quotes, mm. uh, title atmosphere that we had had in some time. Come back to that point. It wasn't too long ago. 
Mm-hmm. Or even just the feeling of L.A., like everyone going to that town to, to cover it, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I think if even if you don't really get the source material, which was last year's NFL season, and you were just an honest-to-goodness musical fan, the fact that we pay homage to all the genres that we possibly could cram uh, over the runtime there, I think people would be down with the the ambition of it all. Trust me, it would be a hell of a lot easier if we sucked to one general theme and one genre but we were a fan of all of them, and we wanted to play in all those different sandboxes and not limit it, uh, us uh, and deprive ourselves of anything that would make us bop with it, you know? And thankfully, uh, JT's as crazy as I am and uh, <laughs> as ambitious as I am and probably harmful to himself by just saying yes to everything, but <laughs> he was game for it, and, and it worked out. Absolutely. Quick question um, from me real quick, Mike. Can I call you Mike? Yeah, you can call me Mike. I was going to call you Mike anyways. <laughs> I do love you from um, that other show that we're not going to name right now, Dan Lombatar Show. Um, what? With the cigarettes. We're going to name it. I know. I said it. I just wanted to. Just Rick being Rick. Um, what was your favorite song <laughs> Rick's our wild writing? card, by the way. What was my favorite song writing? That's a, that's a great question. Mm. Uh, probably... Probably L.A. Mm. was my favorite song to write because I, I love Los Angeles and uh, I wanted that one to be the most musical and nature song. We knew we knew that once we realized that I couldn't write an original musical the night after the Super Bowl, <laughs> I knew that I needed uh, some more overarching themes and a love letter to Los Angeles. Uh, that devolved in just to a, a wild night of drinking and not actually paying attention to your job. I had a right. lot of fun <laughs> writing that go. one. Um, and, and, but I think the most rewarding experience for me was uh, Nothing Sopsy NFL because that was mm. really that was really hard to pull off. And we and Dan is a classic overthinker, and he was involved in the collaborative <laughs> process for that. Mm. <laughs> So that one took the longest by <laughs> because of who we were collaborating with. Uh, I've, I've said like two songs already, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a third one. Go for sure. I really loved writing for Greg Cody. That's just a really funny oh, character, yeah. and I got to transport myself to a time, and that was that's very collaborative. Putting together that demo because the way that it would work was I'd go in the recording studio, I'd put together the the recording demo, I'd impersonate other people's voices, I'd send it along. And that's how, given how we were recording it, which is, hey, just commit this part to memory and go in there. You have like seven minutes to nail it. Um, (laughs) I had to record like all the demos. And that one was really difficult to write, um, given the theme of it and, and, and making sure that it flowed musically. That was the biggest challenge that I had in terms of making it a, a good, catchy song. And I think I'm really proud of how earwormy that that song in particular mm-hmm. is and that's probably the catchiest one that i did out of out of all the all the songs nothing stops the nfl wasn't really a catchy song it had to be this big dramatic thing and i had to convey inner strife and all that so i thought we nailed the assignment there but i'm not a classically trained songwriter i'm not a trained songwriter (laughs) classically or otherwise yeah i've done a couple parody songs on our show before but 
original works where I'm experiencing a melody for the first time and it's a totally original piece. I'd never done that before. So I, I naturally, a lot of challenges came with that. <laughs> I didn't really know what I was doing. But in uh, the back of my day one, that one had changed what it was going to be for so long. And we realized once we got the right melody for it, then things started falling into place. But that one took me a really long time to write compared to some of the others. Which was the easiest to write? <laughs> I mean, well, there's one song that the lyrical content is just you got screaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that so, might be it. Yeah. So, but believe it or not, like that took a really long time to settle into exactly how we were going to do it. And we'd actually, yeah, once like we how big to go. Yeah. Once how we realized the vocal talent that we were working <laughs> with, we, we decided less was more. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good so, way of putting it. Yeah. yeah, so I would say Sugat screaming the Jets into uh, <laughs> into a microphone was probably the lightest lift that I had. That is, I think it turned out great. Actually, it's a, it's a very funny song. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Thank you very much for that. Uh, there was there was also exposition. Like we wanted to tell a cohesive story. Mm. And, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a fair bit of criticism, is like the story could have been tighter. And we use one of the tracks in particular with Juju Gotti to really advance the story and break the fourth wall a little bit. So in terms of necessary storytelling, uh, that was that was a really important piece to our to our musical because you can't really be considered musical theater if there isn't some cohesive storytelling. So to be able to continue moving that with the um, New American Pathos interlude. Right. That was uh, a bit of a hat tip to classical musical theater, which was, uh, I just played it right now by, by accident, I apologize, uh, as I was struggling because I'm on like hour 11 of a consecutive 11 hour work day to, to, to even name that track. But I was really happy of, of what we were able to do with that one in particular. All right. Anybody have any track. other questions or can we? I don't know. Let me run with my initial thoughts. Uh, okay. Okay, um, I'm very excited about this. I've learned. Yes. Rick, okay. give me your general thoughts. Now, I will say, uh, prior to us booking this, in the interest of fairness, prior to booking this, I don't believe Rick or Kyle had heard it. I heard it. I'm a daily listener. No. Um, so once we booked you, I had them on it, and they have listened, and I think they both have their own thoughts on how they felt about it. Go ahead. Well, if, if I may, what were your expectations entering this? Um, given. Yeah, given what you knew about uh, our show or what you didn't know about our show, because um, our show occupies a very special spot in that if we do something bad, it can also be perceived (laughs) as good. And that would have been fine with our audience if we were just using public domain songs and just had an out-of-tune Sugat singing. That could have also (laughs) been a win, but I actually thought the best form of the rib was if we actually made this really ambitious and the best possible joke that we could tell was us absolutely going for it. So I am very curious to know what your expectations were headed into it. Would, did you think it was just classic Dan and Sue gods are going to just make fun of this entire genre? Or did you know, did you have an inkling that we were actually trying to make this good? Um, so knowing you and your attention to detail on the show with everything you do and sometimes with bits and run them into the ground, um, I thought, but the way you talk about music, I know you seriously care about music and the way that people experience it and hear it and listen to it. So I was like, 
I was like, I think Mike's going to actually put effort into this. Just hearing the way, like Dan kept like making it. We have people running in and out. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I, but I was like, I feel like Mike's going to actually do this. And then when you released the first two teaser tracks, uh, Take Me There and All In, I was like, oh, snap. He's really going to, I think he's really going to pull this off. It was actually cool to see like our, our staff didn't know what to expect because it was very much like I need you for this and the only parts that they heard were the parts that they actually sang on nobody knew exactly mm. how the entire story no one flowed. saw the full picture yeah. no one no one had any idea it, it was gonna come out the way that it did yeah all right Rick let's get your gen thoughts all right so I'll go with my gen thoughts so I went into this thinking about because let's see I listened to the Dan Lebatar show I started back in I say 2005 give or take Wow, that's a long... Um, yes. Wow. <laughs> when I first started, yeah, no, I was already driving by then in Florida, but yeah, I was like, all right, I know what to get. Stugatz is on this somewhere. This is going to be a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went to it thinking this is going to be a joke, and what did Joe get us into? Um, especially after he said Free you, publicity. Might, you might come on, and I was like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to be myself and honest. Um, but after I listened to it, I was, I was quite surprised. I was like, what the heck is this? So I had to listen to it again. So I, I listened to it and then I re-listened to it like right afterwards. And I was like, I can jam with this. Like this is, this should not be happening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and for, you mentioned something about tying it together I was surprised at the song transitions, like how they flowed Mm. so well into each other. I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be getting from this. (laughs) Um, And then when you hit the second half, that's where I was like, man, this thing really hit its stride. Not to make a football reference, but it did. It it just, it it kind of, um, it was a happy accident. Let me just say that. Wow, thank yeah. thank you very much. And I, I actually feel the same way about the album that it really kind of hits its stride on the back end. Mm. Thankfully, just the the shock value buys us a lot when it comes to patience <laughs> at the start because you have no if you if you listen to it like most of our audience did, they had no way of knowing what was coming. Like that just shock factor buys you a couple of songs, but by, you know, minute 20, you need to make sure that you have some bops in there. And you can keep the the people coming back for more. And I'm, I think that back end, it goes from like, okay, they're going for it. They did this musical. That's a mission accomplished. But then somewhere midway through the album after Juju's interlude, you yeah. realize like, oh, no, there, there actually might be something here. Like some of these off. songs <laughs> are actually good. And then by like the eighth track, you're like, I think I like this. This is <laughs> this is not just good for a sports podcast doing a musical. This is actually kind of good. At least that's the way that I feel about it. And I, I I like how we set it up, but we needed some absolute bops in there. And I think we we accomplished that. I will say when uh, I woke up the next morning and I had a song in my head, I was like, oh damn, they got me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had I had one in my head like last night going to bed. I'm like, I it's not leaving. It's not yeah. leaving. That's a, that that's that's very flattering considering <laughs> I've never really written songs before. So it's a credit to some of the melodies that uh, JT came up with. We had to kind of use like placeholders in, in in writing it just because of the nature of how I write, which is 
look, man, all, I told him when we first met, all I need is a melody and I'll make it work. Just <laughs> give me a melody. And so a lot of our voice notes going back and forth and when we'd collaborate, he's like, it's something like na, 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 na. And we'd work from there. And I'm like, just give me like how many syllables you need. <laughs> Let me find the <laughs> rhythm and, and, I'll, yeah, right. and I'll make it work. Cool. All right, Kyle, let's get your gen thoughts. Sure. So I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Stu Gatz listener, but I am familiar with the show. Like I'm familiar with the personalities. I've heard a couple episodes, like depending on your interviews and things like that. So I knew you had like more of a, not like a sports serious kind of focus, but like more of a conversational kind of jokey focus. But going into it, um, you don't write an album without trying really. So I, I knew that like, there was definitely effort put into this and there's 11 tracks. So it's like something's going on here. So I definitely like it. I thought it was surprising. Um, just the, the production value really blew me away. And I guess a lot of that is thanks to JT, but uh, the writing too, it's just like, it really comes together. Um, I would agree that maybe the narrative isn't there, but really it's more about like ideas of football and like certain like feelings and i think that really helps is like it's it's conceptually i think it, it is evergreen a lot of it because it's like oh my team didn't make the playoffs but i'm still gonna watch the super bowl like that kind of thing like things that a lot of fans can identify with yeah very cool i appreciate that uh that bit of feedback because i'm i am worried as we're trying to once again revisit this project and, and mm-hmm. several months after it's been released and try to focus on hopefully some kind of uh, award consideration that people don't think it's dated. I mean, Tom Brady is since unretired, and some <laughs> of the songs, hey, that, that can't be your fault. I mean, yeah, some of these songs. Who, who, who saw that coming? Villain, Tom Brady. Yeah, as soon as right. the NFL season kicks off in earnest with uh, with Rams Bills, you wonder if an Evan McPherson line's gonna have the <laughs> the same kind of if calling. Right. Tongue-in-cheek, Evan McPherson, the greatest of all time, is going to make any sense if he's not winning playoff games left and right. So I am a little bit worried about that. But I, I really hope, like you said, people can just put themselves in the frame of mind that um, every year people suffer painful losses. The names of the teams change, um, mm-hmm. and, and it can still work um, despite it being very of a time. All right. Right. Well, I think it's time. For our rankings. It's almost time. Oh, really? How do we measure? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Where do we stand? Can't do this to us. Number seven, does this bother you? So in 30th place. So what do you want to see the most? All right, Rick, what's your last second interjection there? So my last second interruption, I may have missed it. Um, So I don't know about you fellas, but mm-hmm. do you... Do you guys ever plan on putting any visuals with any of these tracks? Mm. Yeah, we've uh, we've been teasing uh, some some stuff. If you've been paying attention to our social media, we're we're hard at work trying to make sure that the visuals. That's a, a bit of the feedback that I've gotten. And how do I get this project off the ground? So we're we're kicking some stuff around, both um, animated and also uh, live action. Mm. We're trying to figure out exactly what it is that we can do right there because we know that it'll help grow the project. So to answer your question, we are planning on it. It's just a matter of turning all that stuff around right now and balancing it nice. with us once again ramping up for the football season. <laughs> it, it's it's hard vacation. to 
Yeah, it's it's hard to find the time, uh, but for this project that we care about, we need to find the time. Because I looked for it and I could not find it. <laughs> yeah. So that's good to know. Yeah, we're we're working on it. I'm getting to it. Uh, All righty. It's a good inside joke there. Uh, so we're gonna go from ten to six, then top five. I'm <laughs> gonna start with Mike. Actually, I'm gonna have him. Uh, he hasn't talked enough on this. I'm gonna have him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm a bit of a a motor mouth. Uh, Look, we love having you. You're so I, I need to pick <laughs> what is my least favorite song. So this is a, <laughs> a wonderful Look, spot to be in, Mike. This right is the now. kind of thing we say a lot on this podcast. They're all top ten songs. Yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, they're all they're all top. They're 10. all top. Yeah. Do I have to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> no, let's no. go. Let's go. <laughs> Rick, you Rick can to. go first. I'll go first. Rick, Rick go usual first. go firster. I'd rather not just be on record saying. Look, if you money. don't want to do, if you don't want to rank them, that's perfectly fine too. You don't. No, I do. To. I do want to. I, I do want to rank them, but just not first. You see, like this is no. This is <laughs> like a political nightmare for me. <laughs> well, that's why I'm saying you. You can definitely yeah, you can be step aside. That's that's yeah, not. If an I go issue. on record with what my least favorite song is. Not the least favorite, so, just yeah, but your, your that's not tenth how favorite. Hear it. Not, that's not how they're going to hear it. Your tenth, tenth favorite. They're all top ten. That's not how that person is going to process this. We all know how Stu's going to feel. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Rick. It, you're okay. Top, you're bottom ten. All right, damn it, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, he's going to do it. I will. He's doing it. My tenth favorite song on this album. They're all great. They're all my best. Of course, of course. All amazing. Is uh, Discordant Harmony number two in B sharp. And um, that's that title is a bit of a rib, especially if you know music. There is no such thing as B sharp. It's not a real note. Um, so, which is actually appropriate to describe Stugatz's <laughs> <laughs> tune. Uh, so, uh, it's... It's nothing against a track, really. It's just very simple, and I think um, right. It's a its job was to get a laugh, was to shock, and was just to sound very big, and mm. also to set up the Greg Cody number. We knew that Stugatz needed to have a a solo feature. Um, mm. I actually think that in terms of shelf life. That one actually has a low key shot of lasting throughout the eras because someone just screaming in, in yeah, emotional I don't agony <laughs> about the New York Jets. That's something that's a fairly evergreen concept. Uh, that's as the as most been, evergreen concept on the album, most likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's also very simple conceptually because of that. So that's why I have it as a top 10 solo, top 10 solo. I love it. So my baby, I'm very proud of it. 10. But if I have to rank these things, I'd put it there. It's very good for several reasons. It's got the the best title of the entire album, I think, because it's a an inside joke. We worked really for as for as simple as this song is. This is one of the toughest tracks for us to produce. This one gave us a, a pretty big headache, but um, still number ten. All right, going forward, Mike, I will say this: This is how we usually do the rankings. You go through them, and then we'll discuss them at the end. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. My bad. I was jumping. No. On, I was getting ready to jump Sorry. on board with that. Like Rick. No, I was about to say because I was saying we couldn't control Rick if, if that was the case. 
prior it. Okay. All right. Well, I just think as as the writer, I mean, I, mean, yeah, I feel like I want to hear these insights, though. Okay. I'll, All right. Well, you're you're missing a lot of good shit. All right. Uh, doing it. We'll do it your way. All right. So, so number nine will probably be uh, New American Pathos, and the the I, it was so hugely important to the entire album. Oh wait, I'm doing that thing Keep again. Going. Right. Do it. Ahead. Do it. Go ahead. Ignore Joe. <laughs> No, uh, all right. So then, Rick, you're not doing it. I'm not only the guest. No, only the guest can do this. Mike, you have carte blanche. Only the guest is doing it. No, I'm I'm correcting the behavior. So after (laughs) new after new American pathos, I'd say nothing stops football. And after nothing stops football, I'd go. I mean, this is like the lead single on the on the album, and everyone loves it. But I'd probably go all in, and then I'd okay. go. God, this is hard. <laughs> I'd go. I guess he's doing this on the fly. Yeah, it's very impressive. Yeah, then I'd go. So what we do? Take we me there. Turn the screws. Mm. Mm. Take me there. Six. Okay. So that is right. your. Uh. Less Six than turn. top five. I don't want to call it bottom five. Why'd you do that? Don't frame it that way. Uh, there's a few ways to frame it. Ten to six. Top okay. ten to six. Ten, ten to six. Did I, did I understand Here, the assignment? You did. Yes, you did. Right. Absolutely. All right. Do I take a break now? You did. Yes, you can take, All right. you can take a look. Cool. All right. Rick, uh, ten Rick's to six. Going. With no extra commentary. Till no I extra commentary. Fine. I'll leave it alone. So number 10, discordant harmony number two. Number ten A, introduction. Don't do this. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. We're leaving that, of off. course. Number of course. nine, New American Pathos. Number ten, The Big Game. You mean number eight? Sorry, number eight, The Big Game reprise. <laughs> number seven, All In, and number six, Back in the Day. Mm. Wow. Okay. Back in my day. Cal, do you want to go? Or do you want me to go? Uh, sure, I'll go. All right. All right. Uh, number ten. You guessed it. Discord and <laughs> harmony. Number two. <laughs> number nine. The big game reprise. Uh, number eight. New American pathos. Number seven. Nothing stops football. And number six. All in. Wow. Wow, oh, this is going to be a fun discussion. Uh, number will. 10 for me, Discord and Harmony, number two. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mike, you don't, have to, you don't have to feel bad, Mike. Sometimes these things happen. Clear the deck on that one. Uh, number nine, New American Pathos. Number eight, Back in My Day. Mm. Number seven, The Big Game Reprise. And number six, Take Me There. Yeah, so another another thing we say, Mike, is like it doesn't mean you dislike the song. There's just nine you like more. That's yeah. all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all. I feel very bad for Stugatz right now. He's going to, <laughs> no, it's he's just going to personalize so, this. Another thing I like to say is sometimes things aren't really songs, they're just kind of concepts. Yeah. And that's kind of where that one lies. And the same with New American Pathos, which we all had in our bottom. Like it's I love that track. Because it does set the table, and I love the history and telling all that kind of stuff. 
but as a song right into the playoffs. Yeah, not exactly a song. It's an interlude. So yeah, and and in terms of like um, production ambition, there there is quite a bit on, on that exposition, mm-hmm. which breaks yeah. the fourth wall. Uh, a couple of times. If you're listening to it with headphones, it does really cool things. You actually feel like you're in right. a car yeah. whizzing past traffic as as songs in the distance get uh, as sounds in the distance get more and more distant the further the car ride mm. goes mm-hmm. along. I, I like that it can take yeah, you there, no pun Tony intended. In yeah, from uh, what it was, it, it, it nailed, all the songs nailed what they were designed to do. Mm. That one had a very simple assignment, but in, in your words, it was a concept. It wasn't really a song. Yeah. yeah, and I I can okay. say I felt the true pain going through Stu, oh, him yeah. being a Jet fan. Oh, now, yeah. myself being a fan of America's team, the New England Patriots, I would never <laughs> know how that feels personally, but he did convey it quite well. America's team. Well, you know how it is to be on the opposite side of that. Just Correct. Crushing the crushing Jets twice the Jets a season. Repeatedly. <laughs> right. Rinse, repeat. A few <laughs> a few uh, references to that also <laughs> throughout the musical. Um, yeah. Now, with oh. the song New American Pathos, was that supposed to sound like a history lesson with a touch of Shaft in it? Uh, I think sh- sh- the Shaft part was just all on, on Juju's delivery. Oh, Juju Gotti is a in an Atlanta sure. area rapper that has a a wonderful place in our show's history. He is our social media voice, um, and he often contributes on some of the content uh, that we did. I, I collaborated with him. We wanted to do something that was like a, a little bit of To Pimp a Butterfly. Mm. Um, that's kind of like our, our love letter to that album. I think that album is one of the greatest albums ever. And he would use these jazzy interludes. Kendrick would use these uh, jazzy interludes to kind of advance the story that he was trying to tell. With that, that was you could actually. I don't want to pigeonhole it, but that that album in itself was a concept album. Yes, to 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 a degree, such it was, and uh, I wanted to kind of pay respect to that, and that's why I I told Juju, I'm like, listen to this is the inspiration that we're going to draw from uh, to pimp a butterfly here that's where we're going to kind of go with this and then we kept adding layers to it understanding that the entire thing is a love letter to football like try to tell the story of football from its beginning history although i don't think it it, it's very historically accurate because i'm not (laughs) sure a lion bit a viking on the motherfucking knee (laughs) it's possible there goes our (laughs) knee yeah (laughs) i think mike gave us our first knee congratulations i'm sorry yeah (laughs) I'm sorry about that. It's, it's a bit of open the floodgates. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all. Yeah. Now we're free. The first one opens the door. I'm very proud more. of it, and uh, I uh, there was some inside jokes for for hardcore listeners of the content that we that we made, but also there was some fourth wall breaking, and it showed that um, while we're going forward, we're also kind of going to be ourselves about it and and laugh yeah. along the way. A bit so of a does wink. that make Tony Tupac or Kendrick? Uh, I think it. I think it makes him Tupac within yeah, okay. this. Well. That was that was just such a brilliant production done by JT, and that was also a very loose concept that kind of came together as we were recording it, and and through trial by error, it kind of took shape w- with what we needed there. I'm very proud of that track. Uh, you had "Take Me There" on your in your second half of top songs. Um, do you want to go into that one a little more? Uh, take me there. The, look, there. 
we're getting to the territory where I love all these songs. Okay. Take me there sure. was Take me there was actually the first song I wrote for mm. it, and it was um, JT came to Miami with one song that I had written out and another song that was about seventy five percent done writing out. And that track being all in, those were the only two songs that we had even worked on a little bit prior to him getting there. And I took like an entire work there. It was the first song that I've ever really written. And we trade, traded a lot of ideas on that. And that that's probably one of the more, well, LA's probably a little bit more musically, but you could really envision when you do the theater mm-hmm. of the mind stuff, just with how like Chris Whittingham nails his delivery on that. That That is one of the more theatrical songs. Yeah. And we needed stuff like that to really drive home that this is indeed a musical that's paying homage to the entire concept. Uh, it's not a a strike against the song that I have it as eight. I love the song. I think it serves an immense purpose in terms of narrative building and driving a storyline. That song actually had a six, so not too bad. That song does a really good job uh, of doing that. But uh, I uh, I just like some of the other songs a little bit better. That's all it is. That's all it is. That's all it is. Kyle, do you see any uh, other overlaps? Um, well, most of our overlap, I think we talked about discordant pathos. Mm. Um, nothing stops football. A couple of us had, mm. and that's that's the big bombastic opener, yeah. um, kind of setting the table, which is fine. I think, yeah, Jeff- and, and we needed to uh, Dan. We knew that Dan needed his own number. We knew that yeah. Stugatz needed his own number, and mm-hmm. I think uh, for the shock value, the first singing voice. Needed to be Dan's. It's a, it's a Dan. <laughs> it's very good. Show. It's very good. And uh, we really wanted to drive home like we all love football, and that's that is a theme. But there are things about football that have bothered us yes. throughout its Flaws inception and, and over the last few years. And Dan had to had to establish to that 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 yeah, it has to be. He's <laughs> a perfect avatar for that inner conflict. So again, served an immense purpose in terms of narrative building, shock value. It needed to be Dan, the first singing voice that you heard of, uh, heard from. Uh, but in terms of a song, we're, we're obviously overcompensated. Like that song mm. sounds so big to an absurd level compared to some of the other stuff that we're doing. That that's that's the rib that we just wanted to make it hugely big sounding, and we overcompensated. I think in the front end of the uh, the album, really, because we knew that we could only go to that device so much, but we wanted to be able to keep people there till we mm-hmm. got to the the meat of the story and and some of the catchier earworm songs. Yeah, I think structure wise, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then that was the one it, as the first song. I was like, wow, this production value is like really <laughs> good. Like that's got, what really it's caught got me. A, like we were listening to it and we're like. Uh, we got ideas in listening from uh, to, to Pimp a Butterfly. We also got some inspiration from from my Dark Twisted Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, we were, I think that was kind of inspired, maybe subliminally, from some of from Kanye's type of big, ambitious, yeah. uh, almost absurd uh, types of songs. Well, there's nothing else to discuss, Kyle. I think we can move on. I think we do a top five. All right, top five. Mike, do you want to go first or do you want somebody to go first? Uh, no, it's a setup. I'm not going first anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Rick. Go back to go Rick. Go first. <laughs> All right. Coming in at number five, 
LA. Number four, Nothing Stops Football. Mm-hmm. Number three, Goat. Number two, The Playoffs. And number one, Take Me There. All right. Uh, I'll go next, Kyle. Sure. Now go you and then Mike. Um, number five, the playoffs. Number four, nothing stops the NFL. Number three, LA. Number two, all in. And number one, goat. Goat number one. Number one goat. There you go. All right. Top five for me. Speaking of goat number five. Number four, L.A. Number three, Take Me There. Number two, one that you and Rick did not have back in my day. Love it. No. And number one. Kyle song. It is. It is. (laughs) Number one, The Playoffs. Would you like to know the alternative name for that song for me, Kyle? I don't know if I do. We do have a guest here. (laughs) Okay. White football. (laughs) But... <laughs> but that's the point. Yeah, no, that, yeah. So. All right, Mike. All right, Mike. <laughs> so, I'll do go, you have your top five? Yeah, and I take some mental inventory. So, I, I may have like two songs here. So, uh, hey, if you mention one, I've I've been writing these down. So, I'll all let right. You know. So, I'm gonna go number five. Uh, all in. You had that at seven. The, okay, so number five. <laughs> back in my day. There you go. All right. Uh, number four, I'm going to go L.A. Yep. Number three, I'm going to go GOAT. Okay. Number two, I'm going to go the playoffs. And number one, the big game reprise. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. The, the big game reprise. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about that one because that is that wasn't some of our bottom or all of our, yeah, all but your bottoms. Yeah. So, but, uh, go ahead. To me, the what worked so well about the big game reprise was um, we wrote it like that was the last song that we wrote <laughs> uh, because we needed the uh, the result. You needed it. the game to happen. We needed the game yes. to happen, and we needed to find a, a way to effectively tell the story of that game. And I really like the collaborative part between JT, Witty, and I of making it kind of like Witty is the play-by-play voice. But I think that there's like a one true goosebump moment, that entire album. And it's when you hear Dan come back yeah. with a Nothing Stops the NFL and you realize mm-hmm. that, oh, this song is wrapping up. It's a reprise. It, it wraps a bow and it tells one big cohesive story. And we invoke all the songs from all the other tracks and for me, it's an emotional thing. I like the ambition of the song. That song has so many individual pieces of music. That was by far the craziest production that we I had. I don't doubt it, yeah. yeah. Um, and then but I love that it, it takes parts from every song on the musical, which is what musicals do. They have these big sweeping numbers at the end. That, Absolutely. That tie back to when, whether it be Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's a device that he leaned on quite a bit. 
like being able to tap into. I always love Hamilton did this too, where people would come back from some of their earlier musical numbers and it would all just kind of tie into one big sweeping number. I felt like if I had to do a, a tried and true musical, I needed something like that that was anthemic that tied in all the all the songs together. And I'm so immensely proud. I thought Ron McGill's performance was was really good. It made me wish that I had used him a little bit more throughout the process. And I'm so grateful that it was two animals playing in the Super Bowl because it wasn't <laughs> two animals. It makes it so it much better, yeah. S-O-L. But thankfully, um, I knew what I wanted to do with Ron McGill, but it was so wholly dependent on two animals facing off. The Titans so, would have made it really If it were Zyner's Chiefs, I, I don't really know what I would have done. Ooh, that would have been rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been a rough one. Yeah, I'm but, so glad you said that about the musicals tying things in because it's something we've hit on a lot um, through our episodes. And um, I don't know how much Joe's really told you about the podcast, but we did every song in Hamilton as an episode. And I think that um, that nonstop episode, which is the end of the first half, yeah. where everything kind of comes together as a medley, I think that was one of our favorites. Um, yeah. And I love that you did this here. Like, and I'm, it shows that you are a musical fan that you that you put that in there, like recognizing that's something you needed at the end, which is really cool. Yeah, I don't think that we could really pull off actually going for it as a musical without some sort of reprise. And right. we didn't really know. We didn't really know that we were going to do that, but it felt right as all the other songs came around. I didn't go into it saying, I need a reprise at mm. the end. It was just very much born out of mm. creating the art. And okay. the artistic process kind of spoke to us in that way. It makes sense for all the reasons that we've outlined. Like, if you want to do a musical, you got to do a reprise. Yeah. I didn't really know that for sure until I was in there and I knew that I could advance the story and bring up all these emotions from the previous songs together and kind of spin it in a positive. Like, Phantom did that a little bit, where some of the words, if you say them differently, it kind of changes the entire meaning. And whereas, like, it's a lament from Dan at the beginning that nothing stops the NFL. Come Super mm. Bowl time, you have a great game. Like, this is amazing. And you just change the inflection in it. And all of a sudden, you're screaming a love letter to the sport. So I really like the uh, the storytelling aspect of that. I like that it was born out of uh, just the process and less than out of necessity because I felt like there's a way that it could be forced and come off like corny and cheesy and you're trying to do the thing that we all know. But the way it did come in, that was probably the hardest song for me to rank because that second yeah. half of it is so perfect and I love it so much. But the first half of it is not a song, so it kind of made it slide down. But that second half... <laughs> on its own is one of the greatest, one of the highlights of the entire thing. It's like, oh, they tried to do the thing and they executed and they pulled it off. Yeah, I was really, really struggling with how to describe what happened in the game in song form. And when when I got the idea for having Witty do it, I knew that I wanted that to sound musical in nature, but not necessarily be musical. And we do that through rhyming. And then you have a chorus backing him up when he goes touchdown. And you, it's, it's just constantly building and crescendoing. Right. And it's a perfect way to send the entire it's a perfect way to send the entire project home and leaves you wanting more. And I think that there's just like there aren't many spine tingling uh, moments in that album. Most of it's just fun, jovial, some earworms, but that really wraps up the entire thing and it makes it one big cohesive project that by the end of it, you're just kind of left there. And then we give you one one big last laugh at the end of it when we bring the <laughs> um in. 
Right. We may get into that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say you you actually um what you just said, it actually changes its meaning three times and nothing stops the NFL. Because in the first time, it's lamenting it to a degree, but kind of longing for it. And the second time you hear it when Dan comes back, it's like, oh, man, that was such a great game. But then there's almost a wistfulness knowing that it's gone for the next couple of months when he says it, when he kind of just says it softly at the end. So there's another moment where mm. it kind of changes the dynamic and the feeling that that one line is giving. Yeah, we had Skipper do the introduction, which didn't even really rank in our tops. So we knew, for all intents and purposes, the first voice that you hear is Dan in terms of a performative aspect. I think it's really beautiful that the last voice that you hear is Dan kind of missing it. Like, yeah. like I've gone through like all the, the weird mental transactions that I do when I'm watching football. I've gone through all that uh, that uh, that strife, and I just love this thing too much. And my God, if T. Higgins... Uh, if, if 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 Joe Burrow so just had a half second more, NFL history changes. It's just an incredible game. So yeah. I love, I, I I love how it all kind of wrapped together, and that's why it's my favorite song on the entire album. It's the one that I'm most proud of because it's a tried and true musical. That last song makes it rather than a bunch of ideas. It ties everything together and it really wraps it up in a self-contained story. Would I have liked to accentuate some of the storytelling aspects in retrospect? Yeah, absolutely. And that's also a way to make it a little bit longer, but I also think it works very efficiently. There's not a lot of wasted space in -hmm. this album. It's just pure heat from the moment you get it. It's super digestible. And to have something that's big, sweeping, and emotional there, that's that's a huge bonus. And it's something that musicals do so well. They get you. They get you thinking. They get you feeling. They get you to emote in ways that even like conventional songs, like you'll hear beautiful songs on the radio, but they don't hit the same way when it comes to the goosebumps. And I wanted to get that. And thankfully, I had a song that that replicated that feeling that musicals do so well. And thankfully, we heard it right before the NFL season starts, just to get those juices <laughs> yeah, flowing. Yeah, it's very good. Fired up. <laughs> sure. Nothing stops it. All right. Well, those are our rankings. Those were fun. Uh, I think it's time for our top three lines, guys. Okay. Uh, your favorite line. My favorite line. How do you pick one, right? And I think one of the sort of lines that resonates most with me is... All right. I have this currently constructed Rick, me, Rick, Kyle, me. I'm actually flip it. I'm going to do me, Kyle, Rick, though. So that's just a me. Uh, sure. Don't know why I said that. Don't know why I said it either. But <laughs> <laughs> no one knew that going into this. It's just you being you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> All, right. All right. So my <laughs> third favorite line. And Mike, if you want to comment in between the lines, you know, give us what you were thinking. Cool. Um, that a little director's commentary. If yeah. I, uh, this I has must. been awesome for sure. Yeah. This has been amazing. All right. So my third favorite line. Oh, my God. Is that George Clooney? All right, that is the second verse on L.A. I like that line a lot because um, the George Clooney line is a reference to Stu Gatz looking like George Clooney, I assume. Um, uh, you get Chris and Roy in very Chris and Roy nature, and then the drinking to unemployed. It just sounds good, uh, harmonizing <laughs> the way it is, stacked the way it is. So that's why that was one of my favorite lines. 
Yeah, we cram- we crammed a lot of syllables into a tight window of space, and it didn't sound too busy. <laughs> so I'm very exactly. I'm very proud uh, of some of the uh, the vocal tricks that we pulled off to make sure that it didn't sound like a jumbled mess because we were trying to squeeze a lot of storytelling. Um, that song's all about going to LA with a job uh, to do, and then just getting way too caught up. Anybody that's covered the Super Bowl has probably had one of those nights that, re- regrettably, they drank a little bit too much. And I thought it was it played well with the characters. Um, it won. It started as this love letter to Los Angeles, and then it just devol- uh, just um, just turned into a night of debauchery <laughs> with everybody. And I thought we used the individual vo- voices given what the audience knew. If you really get the show, you like what the characters do within that song because it's all on brand. Like you said, on brand for Chris, on brand for Roy. Dan shows up with, with tequila. <laughs> Amin, uh, Amin features prominently in a song about drinking, Count so Grant it all kind of makes sense for the characters. Yeah, Pretty good. All right. Uh, Kyle, your number three line is... Here it comes. I was too caught up in being a fan I, so much of my writing, <laughs> so much of my writing was dependent on the Rams making it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of Rams. Yeah, I was uh, watching rhymes. That, I was watching that Angeles, NFC yeah. Championship game, so I had a couple of ways to go. That was one of the few songs that I wrote before knowing what the Super Bowl matchup was, mm. and the the lyrics that I wrote out in the event that the Niners were in there just weren't as good. <laughs> so I'm Can very we, do happy. Do you remember them? Could we get an exclusive? No, I just, it just like okay. every, like it was just like one A, like that was just on the on yeah. the cutting room floor. But I knew that I needed the Rams to win this for several <laughs> reasons. For what I wanted to do with McGill, I needed an animal to win, and the Rams. It's just it's a word that I could squeeze into the it's syllable. Easy to rhyme, Rams. yeah. Boom, yeah. get in there. It's a lot easier to rhyme than than Niners or Forty Niners. Um, I would have made it like San Fran, even though they hate people from San Francisco <laughs> called San Fran, but. I'm just really happy it was a Ram. So you reminded me of something funny about the process. Right. Well, I like this song because it, it sums up kind of the idea of the song and idea of like being a fan is like not everyone teams makes it. I mean, there's a 30 that don't, but like everyone loves the Super Bowl. Everyone still watches the Super Bowl. So it's like changing that mindset of being like, let's just be happy that football's here and, and we get to watch the Super Bowl. It's, it's, I like it. All righty. All right. Number three, line four, Rick. It's human cockfighting. CTE, prayer circles, they blackball the blackballer. They tried to end racism by stenciling it in the end zone. Billionaire boys using millionaires as toys. It's all immoral, all unethical. Ooh, the witching hour. Nothing stops the NF. Uh, so the cool, remember when I told you that this was uh, one of the more difficult collaborative things because Dan wanted to convey so much mm-hmm. um, and it was a little probably a little too heavy handed I'm very I'm especially <laughs> proud of how I got him to deliver the ooh the witching hour because what I wanted to drive home is like if Dan had his brothers it probably would have been more sad and more about like <laughs> the bad that football has I'm like I'm trying to tell a story here that we understand all that's <laughs> out there but there are just some things about it that are just so awesome and I did that so effectively. Credit to JT for producing it so well, and Dan's delivery on it is top notch. But it kind of it takes it takes all the air out of the big societal points because, goddamn, <laughs> isn't the witching hour amazing? <laughs> there is nothing better in sports than the witching hour, and uh, I was really happy. That's all on on delivery and production. 
Um, some songwriting, got to take a little bit of credit there too for myself there. But yeah. really the performances bring it all home. Dan had so many ideas and we were really struggling as to how to how to do it. And then we came up with the idea of like, okay, there's also going to be spoken word in this. Mm-hmm. I'd watched musicals. Musicals do a really good job of separating some of the song to advance the story. And we had a limited window to do it before the instruments would pipe back yeah. up and get big again. And we had to get back to the chorus. So that one was that one was fun writing in retrospect. There's some pretty good video of all of us trading some ideas there. And um, I will agree. I think that well, that's what struck out struck out stuck out for me was it's very serious up at top at the top and not getting into the whole political aspect of it. You just sit there and you're like, oh man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stand up for we're gonna or kneel whatever you want to do for football, but <laughs> at depending on your coast, um, East Coast at was it twelve fifty nine? It's like. Yeah. <sighs> But the game's about to start. <laughs> he turned it on. There, there was something to me about still coming. There, there was something to me about about it just being so perfect that the first words Dan had to sing were just racism. <laughs> it was just so on on brand. It's for so him. crazy. And, uh, I, I just knew that it would really land well with our audience if the first sung words they heard on this musical was racism. But by that point, the listeners probably like, oh, I know exactly where he's going with this. But it kind of zags a little bit. Yeah. Um, with it being, once again, a love letter to football, kind of unexpected with all the heavy... I mean, he talks about head trauma and yeah. donating brains to science. Right. It's like it's a really heavy song. Yeah, it is one but of his But we find a way to make you smile funny. throughout that. Yeah. All and, right. and before you uh, go to the second lines, Joe, I'd like to say there's right. two creative artists on this forum today. That is both me and Mike, because our, our our rankings like came so close yeah. to mimicking each other. So I just mm, want to give myself a shout out there uh, in the in the great space of Mike. Random self adulation. Uh, I, I, I I appreciate it, but all of you guys all of you guys really disappointed me with how low your big game reprise was. I I feel bad. Dan came in like, so sweet at the end, but the yeah. talking in the beginning. Although I love to yeah. hear it, I was rooting for the Bengals, and we <laughs> having to listen to him lose. Yeah, my, my takeaway is like this album certainly lives forever if you're a Rams fan because if you're listening that, that through that through a Rams mm. fan prism like oh, like the play by play and Cooper Cup and and just uh, Stafford with a no look pass there I would love that song if I were from Los Angeles and a Rams fan because there's so many great memories and, there and true Bengal fans would hate it because it lives on forever. <laughs> Well, that, I, I was actually well, the, aware. The McPherson was, shout out's not too bad. Yeah, I was actually <laughs> aware of that. I didn't want it to be a painful experience for Bengals fans to listen back on it because there's so much sports fan trauma that goes with losing when you get that close. Mm-hmm. I didn't want I didn't want it to be a bummer for anybody listening and being too painful. And while that song, some of it's unavoidable there, I do think that a, a Bengals fan can listen back to some of those moments and actually relive like the T. Higgins touchdown and hopefully it taps into some of the – and the Evan McPherson – uh, there's a couple of lines about Evan McPherson throughout the entire <laughs> yeah, throughout the entire album. We kind of got obsessed as a show on <laughs> Evan McPherson. I can't lie. Did. Oh, the world yeah. did. <laughs> so I hope that it's not a painful, uh, triggering experience for Bengals fans. Good call. It, it, that's the right. furthest they've made it in years. So literally, <laughs> lifetimes. <laughs> All right, enough of Rick uh, detracting. Number two line. Anything you want, everything you need. You can get it all from Dom and 
Writing's on the wall. What's it gonna be? You can get it all. Kyle Brands Hemi. So couple things I really like about the uh, <laughs> lines were, one, the Dominique shout out. Love me some Dominique. Uh, two, the, the the subtle piping of the Super Bowl. I really like that thema- uh, sonically. The it just, driving Yeah, course, it just yeah. resonated with me. And then um, a show joke at the end, Kyle Brent's him. It's, it's, it was perfect for a daily listener. I love that because it just sounds so much like a musical. And that's also one of the subtle earworms in there. I've heard people like when it first came out, turning corners, going Super Bowl, yeah. the Super Bowl, <laughs> the Super Bowl. So that, the way that Billy, and he nails a performance, kind of just goes back in there. You can kind of, in your mind, picture him on a stage. And that's one of those, that's one of those real driving moments that, oh, I am actually listening to a musical theater album for your consideration, by the way, in that very same category. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is. Yes, yeah. this is. All right. Uh, Kyle, your number two song is. It's what? the wishbone I wish for. It's a toss <laughs> to Red Grange. It's the first down without a So I didn't get to talk about this song enough. It was my number two. And it's because we all know this guy. <laughs> Whether it's Greg Coetzee or not, we know this kind of person who's just always going throwback. It's like, oh, this is what we did back then. And I don't agree with all of it, Rick. Relax. <laughs> I, I, know you called it, I know you called it white football, which it was. But it's just, I think the the concept was executed so well and the style of it is so good. Like that old timey scat kind of song. Like I I think it just hits because of what it was trying to do. I think it did it so well that I, I just love it. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, Greg Cody does a, a benchmark on our show called Back in My Day. And I right. wanted to kind of do tap into that in song form. And this song really took me a long time to write because... I, the the song const, uh, construct was pretty difficult. The arrangement was one of the mm. the last uh, arrangements we ended up putting together. Mm. Um, and Greg's voice was totally gone after the first take. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just totally shot to all Can't hell. tell. Yeah, but uh, I think that um, he he occupies a special place in our show that you just hear his voice and it's on mat- it's automatically a dub. Um, Greg Cody <laughs> just puts a smile on people's face. So, you, you, I think it, white football is the right uh, takeaway <laughs> from it, but it's also it's shining a light on how stupid that perspective is. Right, right, right. But growing up in South Florida, Miami, with the Dolphin fans, especially like the '72 Dolphin fans, it's, it reminded me of listening to the old old guys talk about football. Right. I yeah. just sat there like. Oh. <laughs> It's a great song. That's why it's definitely up there for me. Uh, but I was just like, like, "Yep, this is yeah. this is big, exactly." Big, <laughs> that's a but it did its job then. Yeah, big fat exactly. accomplished then. It did its exact job. All right, Rick's number two line is: "I said he was done ten years ago when he shoved it down my throat. He played the Jets twice a year and always ripped out their souls." And just like that, he left us all wanting more. He's a certified goat. And he gave it to us. 
I, I, I'm very proud of Roy's vocal performance <laughs> on that. And I, I, after he kills it on that song, I came away really bummed that I didn't write more stuff for Roy because he actually, his voice really works for stuff. And I think he has some of the more, like per word, he's as funny and good as anyone on the album. And uh, I wanted to take one other opportunity and make fun of the New York Jets. And that's what that song does. (laughs) The way I felt about it was like, be it Tom Terrific or Psycho T, Brady is the GOAT. And he may prove it again this year, which is why he came back. Now, I'm not a Bucks fan. um, but (laughs) See that press conference? Not a Bucks fan. (laughs) (laughs) But um, my team's not going to do well this year. um, But... It's just for the love of the game and for everyone who feels as if he's not the GOAT, like go look at his career, go look at his stat lines. Well, I did want to say one thing. If there was a video for this song, it has to be like a 90s R&B track. Oh, like it boy band. Yeah. So yeah, there better be a lot of candles. There better I was be a lot candles. of candles, dim lighting, just <laughs> yeah, random. For, we were one certainly streak. going for an as yet color me bad type. We want, <laughs> we want old school Tom with the long hair. Someone just all all white suits, all white suits. <laughs> Very good. Oh man. Okay, my number one favorite line on the musical is. So good to go to packing these pinto up decades. A six round epic with a chip on his shoulder and a dimple on his chin. Two things. One, I love well, this is my number one favorite song. I love well, how you it, is your, it is your number one. Yeah. A lot of people don't understand what I actually say. A lot of people oh, don't really? even know that that's. A lot of people don't even know that that's me. To all decades. So yeah, so good at quarterbacking. He's made to all decades. It's, it's to good. me. It's the most interesting sounding thing, and I am placating <laughs> to you being here. Um, but it it sticks out. It cuts like a knife. But it's so fun to recite. And then, like you said, Roy just. Every time you hear him, it's that deep, bassy baritone, and it just resonates. And that's my favorite line of the entire yeah, project. To your point about the, uh, the the '90s boy band aesthetic, that that's what that's yeah. what was inspiring my my ridiculous voice, and in, in that <laughs> uh, coupled right with like the baritone, um, which is just like a staple of so many like awful R and B bands from uh, the early nineties. But that was basically in terms of lyrical content, that's like basically straight up a Wikipedia bio. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the execution. Uh Kyle, your number one line. It's time for the good stuff. Where everything comes down to guys for kids. It's time for the playoffs. The playoffs. In Kyle fashion he went with a course. Hey, <laughs> go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on that part. Well, I've been I've been mocked for that before. Picking chorus is his favorite lines, but I think this is the I think this was the funniest line in the musical as a fan because it's something you hear so much. It's like we got where we're all bashing each other at the line of scrimmage, and this guy comes out and just kicks a field goal to win. It's like you you summed it up so perfectly. Every game comes down to guys who kick like i haven't been given i J- laughed out loud when i heard i that haven't one. been given jt uh enough credit because you're asking me about the like the lyrical content a lot and i i mm-hmm. did a lot of that but shout out to the brilliant jt daily 
he yeah. did this as a part of a like a demo where he was kind of riffing something comes down to guys that kick and I thought it was pitch perfect. <laughs> so that yeah. chunk, that chunk is pretty much relatively untouched from just his demo. And when I think it's, about that song, it makes me so happy because I just get transported back to just JT working in horrible working conditions, just bopping, <laughs> editing on AirPods, just bobbing up and down, like sla- slapping a bass to it and. He he nailed that line and it went untouched and that was all JT. Did. That's awesome, yeah. And that was also my number one song. So you know there you what's go. interesting for both of your number ones? I thought one of you would have went with that whole Dak line. As Eagle fan, why would why would I ever bring that up? I don't want to bring up oh, Dak. No, but it's for when my, he slid. But it's when he slid and, too late. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to mention him. He doesn't need to be mentioned. Why'd point. you mention? Him? That was a, that was a very difficult song to write. That that chunk was obviously JT, and I love that. It's so pitch perfect. But how we were trading back uh, ideas back and forth. I'm like, I gotta tell the story of the playoffs because this is adhering to a theme. Like, yeah. How do I do well. that? And I was like, I was listening to a lot of Billy Joel at the time, and, and we didn't start the fire. Like he covers like so many things, mm. and we didn't start the fire. I actually have a long sleeve T shirt, which is just all the lyrics that we didn't start the fire. <laughs> and um, I, I had Ask worn it. I had worn it one day, and I'm like, oh my god, that's it. Like that's yeah. I just got a rat a tat tat while there's this ripping rock song behind me, and um, I'm really proud of that because that was an immense challenge. Yeah, I love that song. Number one. All right. Do we do Rick's? Yeah, we're about to do Rick's. Oh, okay. One. Sorry. I thought we right did it out of order. All right, guys. I'm really excited about this. I've just been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack my entire drive over here. A little bit of another day of sun because Jess and I have been talking about singing that together. Super excited to be part of this. Uh, hey, hey, Izzy. Uh, JT, this is little, that's my friend Izzy from ESPN. Nice to meet you, man. Hey, guys. Uh, Izzy, good here. <laughs> Rick's number one favorite that, line. That's your number that one? That's my number one line. <laughs> that's why I made him go last. <laughs> I just wanted to let Izzy know we got something for you. Something that will satisfy that Hamilton need. Oh. Just got to holler at the fellas. Let them know at okay. the end. <laughs> there you go. Do you have the Hamilton podcast? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Good Self-promotion. Using his own, <laughs> own <laughs> rankings for Damn self-promotion. Right. I, I, <laughs> Mike, what went into adding Izzy to the back end of the musical? So when we were kicking around ideas for the uh, the album name, I was saying it out loud, and I realized that when I said it fast, it sounded like a big gay musical. <laughs> and that that idea actually came up like because I knew I couldn't say the Super Bowl because of how mm-hmm. litigious the NFL was. So I knew that I had to call it the big game mm-hmm. if I was gonna. And there was actually going to be a lot less in, invoking of actual football, but thankfully it, it all went it all went well. But trust me, I can't just name the album the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that becomes a little feel like that's not going to work for yeah. me. And I, in my mind, I came up very early before I even had songs for it. I knew that I wanted to do that gag at the very end <laughs> with Izzy. Uh, I. And thankfully, ESPN uh, approved it, and Izzy was a good sport, and he he nailed it. That's one take from Izzy Gutierrez. Wow. And that's also one of the textualizing moments where we once again break the the fourth wall. It really does sound like you're eavesdropping on on an information. I wanted to get one big last laugh because ultimately we're just here to tell jokes. And I'd got, I'd tapped into the emotion. I set you up for one. Horror movies do this. Always, there's always one last scare. (laughs) Even when you think you got the, the bad guy, and I, 
I do it the same way with laughs. So I, I got like I ran up the score a little bit and I got my one last laugh there. <laughs> I guess for me it works. As someone who watches the credits of all movies, like I watch movies to like the last and the end end. But every now and then you get that little golden piece where like someone comes on when it's done and they say something, be it funny, comical. Uh, Marvel Universe does it. Disney does it. And I felt like that had the same feeling to it where it's like, oh, it's done. What a great place yeah. to end. And then Izzy comes on and I'm like, oh, I thought it couldn't get better. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was what I was going for. Like one kind of last uh, Marvel kind of tip of the hat to the, the people that stuck it out. Yeah, the people that were still. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of people that may, may not have even heard that line. <laughs> because they're like, this is crap. I'm finally done with this. I'm I'm gone. <laughs> but I like to imagine just people just still like wrapping their brain around like, what was that? And just left it playing. And then you realize that there's more to it. And, and I hope that they they laughed and enjoyed what we were going for. It sounds like you did. And I appreciate you for getting the joke. I did as well. This was akin to uh, Kyle. You got to remind me. I can't remember the crab's name at the end of Moana. Oh, the crab's name, but Jermaine Clement. Jermaine yeah. Clement uh, at the end of Moana when he's like, I bet if I was a Jamaican crab, you would save me. <laughs> That's yeah. what it felt like. <laughs> if I was Sebastian. Montanue? <laughs> yeah. I was watching a lot of Moana at the time, so maybe that's what uh, maybe that episode we've hey, that. An episode we've done. Mike, if you like Moana, that was our first episode of this run, oh, so you might want to check that bangs. out. There you go. I love Moana. <laughs> nice. All righty. Um, I'll keep Mike out of this one, but the certain artist... The oh, we're doing this. <laughs> Mike, you don't have to uh, say anything here because you know, want to keep you somewhat okay when you go back. To yeah, the no, there's tomorrow. a theme throughout this episode. You guys <laughs> telling me that I talk too much. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want you <laughs> to have problems going into work tomorrow because we're going to yeah, say we don't set you who off. our favorite yeah. performers are right here. Kyle, because Rick's looking down at something. Who was your favorite performer of the Um I didn't think we were doing this, so I didn't pick one yet. Uh, I'm going to say Jess Smitty. All right. I really like Take Me There. I think she does great on that. All right. Rick, who's your favorite performer? Shout out to Mike, but I'll say Dan. <laughs> the way, okay. just based off of the dichotomy oh, wow. from the starting, where he was so rough and gruff and ah, football, and then at the end, it's like us all. No matter what team you root for, when football season's over, it's like a piece of you was left behind until next season. <laughs> so I just love that that breakdown. All right. Mm-hmm. Again, no disrespect to Mike. Um, my favorite performer was Billy. Billy crushed on All In. He crushed on uh, Take Me There. He crushed mm. on LA. He did crush on All In. Like, yeah. Billy really stood out for me on this, in which I did not suspect that at all. Just knowing Billy's character and whatnot, I did not think he would have a standout performance on the musical. So I might say I'm more shocked by that than anything. That's why he became yeah, my favorite. I'm very happy about that because there was no one really like all of this was super confusing to the people that recorded it because right. they didn't know what I was really getting them into and they had no idea how it all come out in the wash. And Billy was pretty skeptical as we were recording and he had a million things going on because he was working so hard on producing the Super Bowl content that we were doing. Like I said, it was the craziest part of the year for us to do that. And he was dealing with all that went into God Bless Football and award-winning podcast um, and dealing with all the Sugats' nonsense. So it was, I felt like anytime I was 
asking Billy to do anything, I was like, oh man, I'm taking away it, taking him away from something really important, and he was so confused by it that the fact that it came <laughs> out good, that's was, so good, made me so happy, and he was happy with how it came out, um, and I'm really happy that you thought he was the best performer in it because I kind of I put something on his plate that uh, in retrospect he probably needed that like he needed a hole in the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I will say, Mike, you crushed it as well. So did Chris oh, Cody, yeah. and yeah. so did uh, Billy, Bell, Billy, uh, Roy as well. But I mean, it's all, are. it's all, they're all my babies. Like the, yeah. I, I wrote a lot of these portions trying to play to their strength, and I thought that they all, with the uh, the sincere exception of Stu Gotts, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but even his part really worked. And we we tried to JT was so great in making sure he he was such a a pro and coaching people up during the recording process. And they were pretty vulnerable doing that stuff. And he, he was such a, a beacon of positivity and, and positive uh, reinforcement that he really got the best out of everybody. And he played to their strengths and he's just a genius, man. I, I want this to get award recognition more so. So JT can be recognized nationally because I think he's such a brilliant talent. He's doing big things in the pop world right now. But mm. I know, like, he had, he shouldn't have done this. It, he he was way <laughs> too busy, way too good to waste his time with this. And um, I I think JT Daly deserves all the flowers. And I I really want him to get recognized because he is a tour de force. He is a brilliant talent. It's amazing that he he turned this thing around, given everything that I've told you about the production of the thing. And he's Absolutely. he's he's the man. He should be working. Like big time Hollywood directors should be turning to to him. Honestly, he is great. He'd never done a musical before. He came, like he came from the rock world and, <laughs> and pop. He he was experimenting in all sorts of different musical genres, and I threw a lot of crazy stuff at him, and he dealt with it all. So, I big big shout out to JT Daly, who flatly does not exist without him. I was saying big shout out to Lewis. Uh, his guitar was played on the mm. goat. Yeah. And was it also on All In as well? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. I knew I, that wasn't that was a. We were trying to figure out how we can get everybody touching on uh, on the uh, product. And there's if you listen to it, like our security guy is one of the voices that is just really? like screaming during <laughs> L.A. Like, yeah, let's go drinking, let's do mm. it. If you listen with headphones, you can catch up on some of that. Cal Branch shows up uh, yeah. in one of the songs, and you only catch that if you're listening very closely. So there's. It's a. It was a family project, and we wanted to make sure that Lewis had a moment, and we knew that he played an instrument, and that was all JT working with him too. That was another great JT call, and Lewis nailed the assignment. Yeah, he crushed it. All right. Speaking of flowers, it's time for comments from the company. You believe weird comments? Some comments. Go on social media and read the comments. We got company. Comments from the company. We got one Before, comment. Oops, hold up, Kyle. I just wanted to say. Crab's name was Tomatoa. Tomatoa, thank you so much. So I'm sorry. God. Comments from the government. We got comments. Uh, one from our, we have a, effectively an F1 minute from our former producer of the show. He wanted to send oh, this yeah. in. So let's hear what Greg had to say. What's up, ham boys? This is L. Greg, co-host of the Anulo podcast. Here are the rankings of the 11 tracks on the big game original musical event soundtrack. I'm going to count down from 11 to 1, and to expedite the proceedings, I'm going to do them all in one minute, just like Jessica Smetana and her Formula One Minute. Start the clock. 
Number 11, The Introduction, and number 10, New American Pathos are at the bottom due to the fact that they aren't songs. At number 9, I have The Big Game Reprise. Powerful finale, but I like eight songs Ooh. better. Really enjoyed Ron McGill's Animal Impressions, though. At 8, I have Discordant Harmony, number 2, and B Sharp. I feel you, Stugatz. For 7, I have Nothing Stops Football. Good song, but Levitar's vocal skills drop it down the list. Number 6, Back in My Day. Great Cody puts in a good performance all the way down to the coffee. At 5, I have Take Me There. Jessica Spatana leads the way with this and does it well, but a wee bit too much auto-tune for my taste. Number four is Goat. Great Billy Gill intro. Fun and sexy song. A six-round traffic with a chip on his shoulder and a dimple on his chin. Heading up the top three is L.A. I love the city of L.A. and I love this song. Climb the rankings on every listen. Number two, the playoffs. This and my number one are neck and neck. Mike's vocals and Jessica's backups are very solid. My number one from the beginning has always been and always will be all in. It hits from the very first notes. Even Stu Gotts' monotone can't drop it from the top. Thank you. Huge shout out to Mike Ryan and JT Daly for your hard work and putting the big game together. This has been El Greg from the Anulo podcast. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Goodbye. That was really nice. I appreciated that. Wow. The value. Speaking of production value, Greg, that was was excellent. Thank you. That was well done. Thank you, Greg. All right. And the last co-host of the Anulo podcast. Co-host of the Anulo podcast. On the Anulo network. Uh, The other comment from the company we got uh the big game confess i didn't really follow the story but this, oh, this oh, is this, from sorry this is from pcg on discord <laughs> pcg on discord says late getting my comment in for the big game confess i didn't really follow the story but the songs are a lot of fun and endlessly hummable number one with the bullet all in he then proceeded to give us a top 11 uh i probably <laughs> should have said that we we're only gonna do two to eleven uh, New American Pathos That's at true. 11. Number 10, L.A. Shocking. Number 9, inch, in, Introduction. Uh, number 8. That's weird. <clears throat> Discord and Harmony. Number 7, The Big Game Reprise. Number 6, Back in My Day. Number 5, Take Me There. Number 4, The Playoffs. Number 3, Goat. Number 2, Nothing Stops the NFL. And number 1, with a bullet, like he already said, All In. Mm. Two number 1s for All In right there yeah. from the company. Very nice. Shout out to the company. Awesome. Yeah, All In was, uh, in many respects, a lead single. It was the first bit of art that the um, yeah. that was put out to the audience when they signed up for it. And that's when people realized, like, oh, they're kind of going for it. And this is a real song. Yeah, I think people, like, have that emotional tie to it because it was their first experience with it in many respects. All right. And if you want to get your comment from the company Red, you can go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Who Does a Pod. Uh, you can check out our pinned tweet to get into our Discord. Again, that is at Who Does a Pod. Kyle. We are a part of the Anulo Network. Go to anulo.co to check out all the other great podcasts that me and Joe are also on. And El Greg, co-host of the Anulo flagship podcast. You can also check out our merch page there. Because we've got some shirts. shirts. Shirts for the ham boys. Shirts for the company members. And if you buy a shirt in every color, you win what is called the ham boy challenge. And Joe, what happens then? Now, if you were to win the Handboy Challenge, hopefully your team is going to the playoffs because if and only then will I meet you in L.A. so we can sing Ooh. all 40. Wait, no, song, wrong song. Nope. <laughs> um, no, wait. Hamilton has 40. How much y'all Hamilton had together? We're singing how? I thought you were singing the big game. Oh, yeah. I guess we'll do, all, we'll do all 11 of the big game there. We'll do some Hamilton tracks as well. And uh, also, if you head over to my Twitter and Instagram at Joe Dorville and go to my website, JoeDorville.com, and check out my merch and my music, if you were to get one of each shirt in my 
and complete the headphone Joe challenge, <laughs> I would uh, we could perform all 18 of my tracks as well. So that way you get to see your team in the playoffs in L.A., hopefully. Um, you get the big game soundtrack, you get some Hamilton, and you get some headphone Joe. How does that sound to you, Mike? Uh, that sounds like a bargain that um, I will. How about we rain check? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only one way to win the challenge. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being here with us um, and doing this. This is you did not have to, obviously. Um, and I appreciate it as somebody who's listened to you for forever. Um, so, yeah, thanks a lot, man. Very flattering experience. Thank you guys for uh, allowing me the opportunity to promote this project uh, to your listening audience. Please. The big game is available anywhere you get your uh, your music, your major streaming platform of choice. Um, and if you just so happen to uh, be around the Recording Academy in Los Angeles, just scream, hey, you guys should consider this album. Consider it. Just I'll raise awareness. There, yeah. Best musical theater. Hopefully, JT Daly can get the flowers he so rightfully deserves. Yes. Anything else you want to plug Perfect. on your way out here? Super uh, followers. The Dan, show. the Dan Lebetard Show with Stu Gotts. It's on every major podcast. Uh, we have a YouTube page where we're putting everything out there where uh, we broke away from ESPN, started our own thing, and um, it's totally reliant on your guys' support, so please help us continue to grow so we can fund more batshit crazy ideas whenever I might have them. All righty. Excellent. Well, I've been your host, Headphone Joe. We're still doing West Side Story next week, folks. Yeah, so I wanted to say, reminder, we are doing West Side Story next episode, the 2021 version. Thank you for saying that. Available on HBO and Disney+. Plus. All right. So, I've been your host, Headphone Joe, and I've been here with his right hand man and left. Bam! Sorry, you had to see all that, Mike.